Recording. <coughs> Good evening. We are in a hotel room of a comedian, aren't we? We are. Um, it's uh, Tony Way here. Say your name. Uh, Reese Thomas, yes. We've been away for a long time. Um, we've come back. Tony's been in prison. I've been in prison. <laughs> uh, what, what was it you did? <coughs> I can't say, but I've had to run away from South Africa. Um, That's me. No, no, <laughs> we're not having that. She was an angel. We've got a special guest today, um, Mr. Matt Lucas. Hello. Hello there. I'd like to distance myself from those stories. <laughs> Excuse me, I didn't say it. He said it. <laughs> yeah, but you added comedically, he was an angel. And now just the fact that I'm talking about this means that I'm now somehow complicit. We are not anything to... Listen, it's... You've made my vague joke into a specific... It wasn't even a joke, but did you, John Cleese the following day, did you see what happened with him? No. He made a joke, mm. yeah, we won't go into that. About and, legless or something? Yeah, about legless. And I made a joke, oh. which was, it's not even a joke, but they said, that idiot policeman who, who said, oh, we, I thought it was testosterone, yeah? He, it wasn't even, it was, it was yeah, he thought it was testosterone, no, it was a steroids and it turned out to be testosterone. Right. I made a joke that it turned out to be a Toblerone, and he just didn't read it properly, because in South Africa they don't know what Toblerone is, do they? Of course they don't, or do they? Because, <laughs> you know, I was thinking, let's be honest, I've been all around the world, but you, why do you only find Toblerones in airports, or is this like a pro- proper Michael McIntyre? No, you, you do. become you, Michael McIntyre. You <laughs> do. You find Toblerones in America, in, um, you know, a Walmart or a, a CVS or whatever. But, but they, have you ever bought one? Yes, and they don't taste as good. They've got Kraft, K-R-A-F-T, on the side, and I'm... I'm Thinking that in Europe they're made by Nestle. Is it Nestle? Nestle? Didn't it used to be Souchard? I'm not sure. Souchard. Souchard. Yeah, I think that might. They may have been bought by Nestle. But don't Kraft own Cadbury's now as well? Yeah, they own Cadbury's. But you're not (laughs) supposed to say Cadbury's. You have to say now Cadbury. Why? Cadbury. I've had a text message by the way. Who's Um, it from? Can we say? Well, it's from a gentleman. (laughs) Can't say. (laughs) You can say. You can say it's from a gentleman. It's from a gentleman. (laughs) I'm going to reply and. Uh, um, talk to you at the same time. Okay, okay that's fine. Reese uh, normally does that anyway. <laughs> uh, the thing I would say is about Kraft. I always associate Kraft with bad cheese in in cheap burgers. Cheese slices, yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's a thing called Kraft dinner that the bare naked ladies used to sing about, which is a sort of cheesy pot noodle type affair. I think like a macaroni yeah. cheese. Yeah, macaroni cheese very popular in our house. I never liked it. Like, I never. Yeah, did cheese. you ever eat spaghetti hoops as a kid? No, I don't like. Uh, no, I didn't like them particularly. No, I, I don't like cheese. I fucking hate cheese. It's yeah. my most. Like, I'm not joking when I say I hate them like Nazis. I <laughs> I hate cheese like Nazis. I despise the taste of it. I despise the smell of it. The presence of it makes me feel uncomfortable, and <laughs> you, I'm offended by it. It smells of. It smells terribly. Can I ask you a question though? Because I'm not a fan cheese. of cheese myself. The food I, that I, smells of death. <laughs> I would only eat cheese on a pizza. Mm. Would you eat cheese on a pizza, Matt? No. I, no, I just said, hang on a minute. After all I've just said. <laughs> oh, well. It was like yeah, but pizza. cheese on the pizza. I think Reece, cheese on the pizza is different. I've eaten cheese in front of Reese and he's looked at me like he's wanted to murder me. I feel the same like way. When I've been in restaurants and I've been eating food and then somebody near me has. They bring in like a. I was in a restaurant recently with Pat Oswalt, right, to drop a name, who's the most brilliant American comedian. I was really thrilled to be with him. And then some cunt at the next table... <laughs> eats cheese. ..had a fondue. <laughs> had a fondue. And I just thought, well, thanks. <laughs> Ruined it. I'm having dinner with the voice of Ratatouille, and you know I hate cheese. Well, they didn't know I hated cheese, but I hate cheese, and it's ruined it. <laughs> now, I would not be... I'm not a cheese... I'm not against I people fun- with cheese. I'm seriously... 
if 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 I hate it so much and people think I'm mental for hating it so much and I absolutely look I don't really like fish that much because it tastes of fish mm. but if I find out there was some fish sauce in that thing I don't you know I'm not crazy if I find out <laughs> that if I find out that there was any cheese in it I get violent <laughs> I get, I'm absolutely I, I'm so offended by it. Did you eat cheesecake the other day? You didn't, did you? No, I fucking didn't. <laughs> Would you eat Philadelphia? No, I wouldn't. Excuse me, what have I just said? You believe like variations of a I'm cheese. I'm sorry, this is like asking a, asking a Nazi. Yeah, but you like John Conte. He was good, he was nice. <laughs> he was only mixed race and he was a boxer. Listen, you don't seem to understand. <laughs> okay. I fucking hate cheese. I hate it. Okay, I despise it. I loathe it more than life itself. Why, why would people want to eat something? Let's be honest, with blue bits in it. Like you know, if you found that on your body, mm. you'd go. I'm going to the doctor. Having that yeah, removed. but you're drinking wine at the moment. Yeah, in a, in a mug. In a mug. That's Tea just cup. off grapes, off grape water. It's all. Most foods like that. Are, but are cheese is something. full of bad things, isn't it? It's fat. It's and, full of good things, and too. it gives you gout. It gives makes your well, toes go. Gout. Too much cheese and pork gives you gout. Yeah, pork gives you gout. It gives you heartburn. It doesn't give you heartburn. Cheese is bad for you. It's not good. The for salt you. content is too high. I think it's a fantastic <laughs> thing because I am fatter than a house, and yeah. if I uh, the amount of chocolate I eat, what if I ate cheese in equal measure? Yeah. If see, cheese is my chocolate. I will eat cheese like. You don't bother with chocolate. I'm not a huge fan of. Cho- I don't really worry. You're a saver. You got a sweet much. tooth. You got, mm, I, yeah, I will eat. I'll be honest. I'll eat anything. Would you ever got a sweet but, tooth? Yeah, I mean it's ridiculous. I mean I would. I like I, gums. I, gummy sweets. They're my favourite. I tell you, you'd have got to obviously get on very well with Vic and Bob because mm. when we were doing the run-throughs of, of Shooting Stars, the te- those long technical rehearsals, uh, Bob and Jim would have this giant uh, sort of pot of Haribo, yeah, industrial-sized Haribo on their on the desk, wouldn't they? Mm. But and let's Bob also point out that Bob hasn't got his own teeth anymore. Well, he also has ten sugars in his tea and coffee. He has ten sugars in his mental. tea. It, I mean, can I, I just say it used to be sixteen? Seriously, I'm going to tell you something else. Once we were filming Catterick, <laughs> and Bob's teeth fell out, his implants fell out, and he's stuck them back in with blue tack. And oh my god, that is, that is true with blue tack. <laughs> and we were howling, we were howling with laughter. I'm here doing this podcast because I've been listening to your podcast, thank you, and enjoying it tremendously. Mm. And um, so, thank you for letting me intrude. Well, we, well have, we, we should say we've known each other for a long time, haven't we, really? Yeah, I, mean, yeah, I haven't known you for as long as you've known each other, but I met both of you, really, probably 96? Yes. Yeah, when, it was when Reese first 96. came on to Shooting Styles as a runner. That's I right. remember my first memory yeah. of you was you had a Made in Heaven T-shirt on, Queen T-shirt, saying Made in Heaven. I didn't know you were a Queen fan, but I'd read, because uh, let's talk about this, it's quite funny, I read an interview with the magazine, the now defunct Vox magazine. I used to love Vox magazine. Right, it was very good, there was a whole thing about Matt Lucas. And it said, did Matt I do Lucas. an interview with Vox? You did, and oh, you really? said, what's funny, you talked about your wife and kids and being married. I uh, no, I talked about that in the Daily That's Mirror Daily article. Mirror, because my it dad... Was- I remember my it was very old. What I did. Know, Matt seems very young to have a wife. And no, this was a, it was a stupid well. thing I did. Right, I I, um, <laughs> I used to have this policy of really, really, really wanting to kind of cling on to some sort of mystique. Now, in the modern age, as a celebrity, that's a kind of it's a lost cause. That because no matter where you go, if you leave the house, somebody is taking a photo on the camera phone mm. or. Or they, they want a picture, or they take one of you, and you don't even know. Forcing you to be in their podcast, right? Well, no, that's a pleasure, <laughs> and and also Google Glass is coming when people will oh, just be able. We'll to... We'll talk about that in a minute. Right? Okay. We'll so, get on to that. so I used to try and do everything I could to avoid um, getting real information out about me because I thought it diluted 
like yeah. George Dawes, right? Yeah. And look, I, I mean, talk about taking yourself a bit too seriously. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what the fuck was George Dawes <laughs> to be diluted, you know? But, you know, I was, I was about 20 years old and I smoked pot and I, and I thought this was art. So, so um, uh, and I was still at university when I did Shooting Stars even. So, so... Um, did you uh, finish university? No, I did. I, I finished, I left after two years. Right. Because um, me and David Walliams got offered a series on Paramount. Uh, Mash and Peas spoof of vision thing that we did. Is he older than you? He's uh, yes, two and three quarter years old. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, so uh, uh, what was I talking about? You were talking about. Okay, so I used to have Daily Mirror. Right, so I used to have a policy of um, saying something different in every interview. Right, and I'd read an interview with Leslie Grantham and remembered that one of his kids was called Spike, <laughs> and I just remember thinking it was an odd name for a child. Um, and so um, I resolved that the next interview I did... you say you I, killed a taxi driver? No. <laughs> oh, dear. I would say that, um, that that taxi driver's ghost is listening to this <laughs> and he's really upset. No, I don't believe all that. I think it's all, that was all set up, wasn't it? I don't know. He's publicly stunned by the BBC. What a great publicity. Yay, mur- manslaughter. Loads, of, loads more people watch EastEnders after that. Oh, but got he, did to it, see the mur- he did it. Sorry, let's let him finish his story. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if, you're a, if you murder, you're a murderer. Mm. If you commit manslaughter, are you a manslaughterer? Yes. Right, OK. <laughs> uh, so, um, uh, so I decided that I would say something different in every interview, so, which is what I used to do, and I used to spin different yarns. And um, then I didn't do it in any interviews for a while, and then um, uh, I had to do an interview for the Daily Mirror to promote Cadbury's Cream Eggs. Oh, and, yes. And my father had just very suddenly passed away, and I really mm. didn't want to do any interviews. I really wasn't in the mood no. to do any press at all. As, well, you mm. know, he was 52, I was 22. And, but I did this kind of... I had to do contractually, I had to do an interview with a, with a, a tabloid. It was in my contract. So I did a phone interview with the Daily Mirror, and just to cheer myself up, I talked about my wife, Yvonne, and my two kids, Ben and Spike. Um, <laughs> and that they used to love watching uh, uh, Disney videotapes, right? Um, and I said it just to kind of amuse myself. But the weird thing was that when the article came out, I don't know if they knew that I was bullshitting and they, it was a kind of revenge or, or whether... It was weird, but when it came out... It said uh, um, um, Matt's father has just died, but he's being comforted at home by his what? wife Yvonne and that's his children. Oh, that's so strange. that's not revenge. That's just they've got it wrong. They that, just that, got it that's wrong. Mean, yeah, if yeah. not. Yeah, no, but I don't think they would be mean. But I just think it, it was just a weird thing. So even though I thought, oh, this is funny to just kind of create a, a, a bullshit story, yeah. then then uh, uh, when I read it back, it was obviously very strange because it was it was contextualised. Uh, to do with with grieving and yeah, being supported, very real. and then the other thing that happened was um, uh, uh, then it was seen by some people of me uh, uh, lying about my sexuality because uh, because right. you know all my friends and my colleagues knew I was gay and and uh, you know the thing but but so in a weird way that particular lie uh, probably wasn't the right one to make but yeah. then I'm sure in other interviews. I talked about being part of a gay menage a trois. So, <laughs> yeah. so I, I'm sure I would have tempered it. Yeah, yeah. So that, but I, I gave. I remember giving an interview that. Funny. Thank you. That Michael Evis was my dad, <laughs> and I gave another interview that I'd been an apprentice at Watford Football Club, and played there. I mean, I just used to say whatever came through my mind at the time because I just thought, well, it's my job to be entertaining. Who really gives a yeah. shit? But you always had a. Che- he always had a cheeky streak. You always did. You always have had a bit of that, haven't you? Really. 
there's a sense of fun about you. Don't uh, you think? Well, I, I just you think... like to have a laugh. No, you, you know, on set you'd be, you know, you like to. You, you're not afraid. To, you know, when we have you have laughs and things. You're not, yeah, I, I you mean, don't take it that. You know, you take it seriously as a workman. That's true. But at the same time, when you're, you enjoy what you're doing, I think if you don't enjoy, I think with comedy you have to enjoy. it. If you don't enjoy it, um, then the audience can sniff that out a mile off. You know, yeah. if, it's, if you're not having fun. It doesn't mean that every moment's got to be fun. And sure enough, I've been on shows which were tremendous fun to make and then came out and didn't really do oh, very God, well. well on and then I've been on everything yeah, that's my entire and, career. And most of the shows I've been on that were, were, that were an arsake actually are pretty good. Yeah. You know, it, well, I say pretty good, they've done pretty well. Mm. You know, the stressful shows are often, are often the ones that do well. Yeah. What do you think, what, what would people think? Name something you've been in, we all go, oh, I forgot you were in that. Um, uh, uh, Casanova with David Tennant. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Even the cabbage cream eggs, I forgot about that. That was massive <laughs> at the time. Isn't it funny that they, they, you do all those things and, and they, just, they just go, they disappear into the background and yeah. you forget, like, at one point, you know, like, we, you know, the, yeah. you had that whole... I'm talking about you, I'm talking about anyone in general. Comedy dramas are a bit Just forget like those Comedy things. dramas, you can be in... And they, they, they're probably my most expensive things on TV. And you spend ages filming and, them. Yeah, they're going for ages. Shooting them on film. Some of them are, used to. yeah, two hours long. And then after a month, no one ever remembers them again. No one buys them on DVD. They just go. Go on, yeah. I remember doing so a play sure. in 2000 with, a, with Sean Dingwall, who's popped up in Doctor yes, Who. Yes, yes, that's right. I think was he, he, his character was he, he's, Rose's uh, he's father. Rose's father. He's a brilliant actor. Yeah, yeah, what great. with him? I was in a, a, a fairly disastrous Shakespearean um, play, uh, uh, Troilus and Cressida, the old Vic. But it was, it was very nice. I, I did my, uh, most of my scenes with him. And um, he was leaving, I think he just filmed, or he was just about to film a thing called In the La- In a Land of Plenty, or In the Land of Plenty, and it was a drama, and I think it was ten one-hour episodes, and it right. was BBC Two. And f- I don't know why, uh, you know, they were thinking it, it would be the next Our Friends in the North, but it just, you know, sometimes it happens and sometimes it yeah, doesn't. Yeah. And, um, and it literally came and went, and I don't think anybody would have noticed it. And, and I, in fact, I did a series... A few years ago, that that was, I think, the most expensive comedy show that Comedy Central had ever made, called yeah. uh, Crob Mandoon and yeah. Flaming Sword of Fire. It's another one that just came and went, just like it's almost like yeah, it never, yeah. like it, it never existed. I was very nearly in that. I was th- third audition in to be in that. Well, two or three people were replaced, and and I, I won't name the actress because I think it's it's pro- it's not fair. But a quite a very well known actress was in it. Uh, and got replaced after the read-through. They do that often, the Americans. Well, they, yeah. And she wasn't well-known at the time, and now she's really well-known. And I've never bumped into her, but I've always been embarrassed to see her because all of our scenes were together, and I've always thought she may have thought that I said, oh, get rid of her, she's no, no. good. Right. Same happened with... Um, it was telling me, uh, um, Jennifer... I can't know I say the name. Of the actress. The famous actress was originally in Game of Thrones. She was... Uh, sat. Someone else... Oh, it was another person who was really good in yeah, something. They came away... They're Rufus how in like big yeah. name people, they go, no, not working. I've spent the last six months, it's only now working on an American production. It's only the last couple of weeks, and we're going to I think, oh, I'm definitely not going to be sacked. But they could still cut me out completely. Which, is that the game of... No, this no, is the film I'm doing at the, the moment. The you're doing at the moment. Yeah, yeah. yeah they, to this day, and we've got a week left of filming, and I still keep thinking, they could sack me. I don't Are you in Game of Thrones? Or did I, just I was in it up? for, a f- yeah, three episodes. Oh, right, yeah. OK. Jennifer Ely was the woman who... You know you were just talking about um, Cadbury's Cream Egg? Yes. Because now Cadbury Cream Egg. Craft um, Cream Egg. <laughs> craft Cream Egg. Craft Cream Egg. Uh, craft Cream Egg. Um, I, got, I used to get annoyed because I had to say this thing. 
and it was annoying for two reasons. This was, these were in the adverts. I had to say... Sorry, I was checking. Yeah, I'm glad you're taking your shoes off on yeah. the bed. Yeah, just checking. <laughs> I didn't know for sure. Definitely. I, it was really annoying. I had to say, come closer, my friends. Behold the face of destiny. Now spin your Cadbury's cream egg with me and discover how will you eat yours? Now, there's two really annoying things about this, right? <laughs> Firstly, is I had to say it in four seconds. Oh. Right? So it really was... Come closer, my friends. Behold the face of destiny. Now spin your Cadbury's cream egg with me and discover how will you eat yours. And that's still probably more than four seconds. Yeah. Right? But the other thing is, come closer, my friends. Behold the face of destiny. Fine. Um, Now spin your Cadbury's cream egg with me and discover how will you eat yours. It's not grammatically correct. No. no. And discover how you will eat yours. Yeah, yeah. Or, as we ask ourselves... How will you eat your... And I used to say, it's not, it's not English. Yeah. It's not English. Um, but they didn't care. They just sent in chocolate eggs. <laughs> but there was a man who worked at Cadbury's, and I said to him, I'll tell you what would be a really good product, <laughs> is if you did, did cream eggs, but inside it was just a real egg. <laughs> <laughs> and he just looked at me like, like I was mental. Do you remember there was a myth that went around, like an urban myth that you could get Cadbury's cream egg, I, uh, Easter eggs, that were large versions yes. full of the cream but yeah. that's never been that's never true it's not true I'm no. sure they must have done it since like I would love two, that I would eat all I, if you make me one craft if they make me <laughs> one this Easter I will eat one if it's full I don't think you can what a giant a, a giant egg with, egg with the cream the in. thing is you think it's one of those things you think you want yeah it would kill you me. think you want to see another series of naked video you think you want <laughs> a giant Cadbury's cream egg but you don't it would be too rich I think it would kill you. I think that much, that, whatever that stuff in the middle is, if you ate also, that Also, you'd much, have no... You know, day. if you think about it, you've got... When you eat it from the miniature egg, right, you, you can get your teeth all the way around, mm. so, the, so the, the, the cream is contained. Do you have to eat a lot you of have those? The, um, a few, a few, but yeah. I, could, I could live with that. Um, but I had a spit bucket, actually, because oh, after a while... Yeah, but, but just imagine, if you were... How do you get into... A giant cream egg. You'd have to eat it with a spoon. No, you crack it. I think of the the ratio, because the amount of chocolate in a Cadbury's cream egg compared to the centre, there's much less chocolate than there is... So if you expanded that, it would be a litre of filling. Yeah, but here's the thing. Why is it it this? Okay, listen, here's the thing. Why does chocolate taste different in a bar than it tastes... So that it tastes like chocolate on a chocolate egg is still Cadbury's chocolate, Mm. but it tastes different Mm. to it as it tastes as a bar... It's exp- is that right? Do you agree with me? It doesn't, and you just think it does. I think, yeah. I think Do you agree with me, though? I'm not talking well, about well, it. depends. It's more of a if, texture thing if you buy a shape. marathon Easter egg, right, then, the, then, the, then you get a hollow egg, and then you get kind of two marathon. Mm. No, not marathon, Snickers. Snickers, can't get with it. What yeah, are you sorry. <laughs> if you buy six. Yes. <laughs> if you buy some opal fruits, and. <laughs> they do have an Easter egg, so. <laughs> if you get a Snickers. Um, I actually said that genuinely. I didn't even realise I was... But anyway, if you get a Snickers Easter egg, right, you get... And this is one of my... The great sadnesses, as well as a child, is that the Easter egg itself is hollow. Mm. You just get other things encased within the packet. That's not what you want. You want things inside the egg, right? Mm. Come on, chocolate confectioners. (laughs) Come on, manufacturers. Anyway, um, uh, if you buy a Snickers Easter egg and you eat just the chocolate egg... That tastes like the chocolate on a Snickers bar. It's not mm. just normal. No, it's not. The, it's not just any old chocolate. Oh, does it really? It's not galaxy oh, chocolate. Peanutty stuff. It's, yeah, exactly. It has it yeah, has yeah. a peanutty taste to it. Um, and it's rather nice actually. Yeah. Um, so that's maybe why. And if you eat, say, 
um, if you get a Maltesers egg, then the actual chocolate... Now, I believe that the chocolate that surrounds the Malteser, the chocolate that surrounds the Twix bar, the chocolate that surrounds the Snickers, it's, the, it's, all, made, it's all made by Mars, but it's not the same exact recipe. So right. if you think, because like Galaxy, for instance, is your base chocolate, mm. if you if you uh, Mars, right? Okay, that's when they just want to buy, when they just want to give you a block of pure chocolate. It's Galaxy. But <laughs> you're not looking, when you eat a Malteser, it's not, that's not Galaxy chocolate around the Malteser, not. is it? It is. It's no, not, it's not as creamy. Colors, exactly. Uh, can I, I did one thing once. Can I tell you something, right? I'm not, am I interrupting your story to say something? No. I've, eaten, I've, eaten, I've, had, I've had, I did this thing once where I took, I had a <clears throat> dairy milk, I ate that, and I, then I ate a Galaxy... And oh, that's interesting. But genuinely, mm. the taste is unbelievably different. Yes, yes, yeah, very. Do you know what the, the the galaxy was like? Almost like marmite. There was something darker, um, mm. not quite. It was it was actually quite offensive to taste right. compared mm. to the dairy milk. I'm and not a fan of galaxy. I go through phases, and recently, <sighs> recently, um, I've gone to, to a Cadbury dairy milk phase, which. Uh, and yes, I'm disgusted that I said Cadbury, not Cadbury's. <laughs> but I'm only... I'm, I don't want to get sued. Um, but I, I uh, recently have gone more... To, I've always been a Galaxy man. Bob Mortimer's a Cadbury's man. Is he? I'm a Cadbury's man. And, yeah. and I've recently gone towards Cadbury's. And it's, a, it's a shock. In, not in Galaxy chocolate that's in other chocolate. And I'm not sure what it is, but... People, if you get migraines from eating chocolate, you're, it's OK to eat Galaxy. Really? really? And Galaxy's also OK for vegetarians when other chocolates mm. weren't for a while. Ah, but they all well, you know now. what it is, then... Probably horse. Horse. What about... We've got a lot of horse in things. What about... Um, OK, what about green and blacks and things like that? Right. Green and blacks, I'm, I don't like. It's too... It's the dark side of milk chocolate, and I'm not keen mm. yeah. on green and black. I'm not going to lie to you. I never go, oh, green and blacks. I always go, <laughs> oh, green and blacks. Yeah. What I love, of all those upper, slightly upper scale chocolates, you know, and there's, there's a shop, Chocky Wocky Doodah, there's one Paul A. Young. The one I really, really like is Hotel Chocolat. I think their chocolate is magnificent. Mm. Have you never had it? No. There's a few shops now, Hotel yeah. Chocolat. And I used to, they used to have, when you ordered them, they were just mail order mainly, um, and now you can go into the shops. And they used to have, like, you know those do not disturb things made of paper that you stick on a hotel room door? Um, they used to, used to get a do not disturb, I'm staying at Hotel Chocolat oh, that's thing cool. on the door. <laughs> and um, I used to send, send Hotel Chocolat packages just... Uh, 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 at random to Bob Mortimer because he and I both have a, a shared uh, um, adoration of chocolate mm. and he told me very proudly that whenever it, uh, it arrived he genuinely would hang that on his door <laughs> and then lock the door and sit alone and eat the chocolate which I, I was very impressed by. Can I say one thing though, in terms of packaging okay, things have been updated and changed mm. okay, but Lint, L-I-N-D-T, yeah. the very 70s style square, like the mm. design. You've noticed that uh, something like a, when you look at Cadbury's eggs, mm. when you buy those eggs, they've got that funny kind of like pattern on site. You know, yeah, on yeah. The, on the that's, never, that's never changed. The other one that well, mm. Willa has and uh, never has changed is Ricola. Ricola chocolate is just the same. Can you get Ricola chocolate? Ricola, you, you can Ricola. Ricola. Yeah, but they do chocolate as well. Do no, they? no, 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 no. They're not. You're I'm thinking, thinking of lint. I think you're thinking of lint. I'm thinking of lint. What are you thinking of here? I'm thinking, Ricola! I'm of that. Yes, that. No, that's a, a cough lozenge. I thought they did. <laughs> I knew they did that, but I thought they did chocolate as well. <laughs> Whoever calls it a cough lozenge? I mean, I mean, that's the technical term. I don't mean chocolate. Term. They not do chocolate. I no, so, I, no, now hang on a minute. There'll be something else. I that may you're have confused that with lint. I may have. What are you thinking of? Is it, is it a bar-shaped product? I'm thinking of that noise you just made. 
Yeah. Lint from chocolate. No, lint, for example. <laughs> you know, it's like lint has got that kind of filling in it, so you to burst it and it actually seeps Well, no, hang on a minute. The lint is the, uh, is the manufacturer, isn't it? So lint is the name they give to all their products. Which type of lint are we talking I'm about? I'm talking like, you know, the cherry lint. So it's like a chocolate bar, and, the, you, and if cherry you split it, the cherry comes oh, out. Oh, you know what I mean? And there was also the flat stuff, which like a gold bar with squares on it. Yes, that's mm. remarkable. Do you know what doesn't get the, the... You don't get... I've never seen an advert for Munchies. Have you? In your entire life? Well, no. Not since they were launched. I remember them doing an advert, yeah. Saying, I've got the Munchies. It was like a oh, scouse character well, doing it. It's an interesting thing, actually, that scientifically... You know when you laughed when I said cough lozenge? <laughs> yes. But scientifically, um, it has recently been... Uh, claimed that uh, cough sweets such as tunes, mm. calling them cough sweets for you, dear. <laughs> right? They don't work. She doesn't like the word lozenge. No, no. I'm not saying they don't work because I actually do find them relatively effective. Like a soother, like mm. a locket, like a, a tune, locket, like a, a halls, whatever. Mm. Just a halls, halls, <laughs> halls. Something. Yeah, um, fisherman's uh, friend. That um, like a fisherman's friend, but no, particularly those ones that. Uh, one of those is no more effective and expectorant than chocolate. Oh, really? Yeah, which is which I take to mean not don't bother buying them. They're they're then they're as useless as chocolate. Mm. I take to mean oh, you've got a cough. Have some chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did we get any questions? Let's through? have a look. I uh, yes, I. Uh... What was it we said we were going to talk about that we didn't get round to? Uh, we said oh, we're going to talk about that later. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, Google Glasses. Google Glasses. It scares me. It scares oh. me because I just think <laughs> I just think it's bad enough that somebody is surreptitiously filming you on their phone, but they're just oh, going to yeah. have have it on their glasses now. I don't think it's going to take. Yeah, off. I've not. I, I bet it does. But, but also, you're basically thing, wearing them. At least your phone, you can put in your pocket. And it's, it's, it's but the glasses. Someone's going to take it off your face and nick. You, yeah, you'll yeah. know. But you'll know. If, yes, true. But you'll also you'll know if someone is if you're wearing them. You don't need to wear glasses. Not everyone needs to wear glasses, do they, OK? No. So if you're wearing them and you're looking at people, they're going to think, oh, you're looking at me. And it's not going to work. What yeah. do you mean? Because everybody's going to know that you're filming them. You'd assume so. Mm. When, you've yeah, got, when you're reading an iPhone... Them, they're not just wearing them to film. People are wearing it... They could be. So they could be reading the internet. You know, they're looking at me, they're looking over at me. That's the thing, I'm looking over at you, you're over there in the room, and I'm looking at you now, OK? And I'm actually looking at... I'm reading about Watership Down or something on my fucking on Wikipedia. <laughs> I'm actually... At the same time, I could be filming you. They didn't know. And I go, I'm, I'm like, no, someone, some girl goes to me, excuse me, what are you looking at me for? I go, I'm sorry, no, it's Watership Down. Re- Richard Adams, he, he died. But, you know, I'm reading about the story. It's interesting. I'm not looking at you. How can they prove it? Well, I, I would say that that happens anyway, though. I think... Yeah, but no one gets their phone and does they this. They do, when though. People are always doing that, and you never know whether they're taking. Sometimes it's obvious when people are trying to take pictures. I wonder if Google. I, I'm, this doesn't I, work. What I'm doing doesn't work on. on no, radio. Radio. He's, he's wonder, his fingers. <laughs> I wonder if Google Glass will have like a little light on it, the way cameras have lights. If they do that, that's fair enough because we'll know. Yeah. The REC in the corner. Yeah. I don't know how you won't see something small reflecting because it will mm. be. It'll have to. It will do, won't it? You'll have to see tiny little uh, things in the yeah. eye. Yeah. This is the other. This is the other thing that that scares me about those glasses, is that um, if you're reading something on a pair of Google glasses, it's it, it, it's obviously shrunk very small, but it's incredibly close to your eyeball. Yeah, what yeah. you're reading. Like that. And I'm worried that you're, we're all going to become cross-eyed and get terrible <laughs> headaches. Yeah, or, or that it's not. You know, our, our eyes are not used to. They need a break. Mm. 
Well, they they, a break, they but did I also, they invented glasses not so long ago, ten years ago, that were a video screen. I tried them, I, I, I tried them, and I had the very strange experience of filming in Denmark, mm. and the gentleman attached those glasses, the kind of cinema glasses, as it were, yeah. to the camera in the studios, and then he, he sort of filmed, and I looked at the live relay through the glasses. Weird. Yeah. Can you refocus, can you, I mean, when, you, when you're in your face like that, though, though the thing about a, good, a big screen is that you can refocus on different parts of the screen. Mm. On one of those, it's right there. You can't. It's just in front of your face, right? Yeah, I think. I think um, it won't work. I, I think it probably will work, and it is the future. It's also the interesting thing is that what I like about it is you know sometimes something comes out and goes, wow, I never knew that anybody would ever even think of that. But with mm. Google Glass, you go, of course. I'm just waiting for that. It's like the day they invent the jetpack. I'm like, yeah, you know, yeah. that we can all just buy. I'm like, yeah, of course. Right. But the thing about the, uh, the Google Glasses, what we're missing out on is the whole shared experience, aren't we? There's a lot to be the said for the shared experience. experience. Of what? Living well, on the internet? No, but the idea of all going to see a film together, maybe. Oh, like, right, I see. Now that, you know, now that people watch films on their own in their house, that's because cinemas are too expensive. No, but the cinemas are doing better than ever. It's huge. Well, big, big films are doing better than ever. It's weird that it's, that's the one oddity because everything has disappeared. Like no one. But like, look at those. I, but they're making the films more spectacular, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, how are and you? Three D. Well, right? What's that? I'm fine. No, I'm fine to chat. Don't worry. <laughs> we had no questions through, which I like. No, we did. We do. Oh, go on. Um, I'll get I'll them up. too. What do you mean you like? What, you, you... No, I was just thinking. Like, I like the idea that no one. Replied. It has happened before. We normally get about f- six. I'm looking at mine. And it still records, even though you're scrolling down your phone. Yeah, it does. Point. As long as that little red thing is oh, right, flashing. Okay. okay. Oh, mine doesn't. Oh, well, we might have... Oh, no, I don't think any of us can do this. There you go. I've got loads. Do I read one first, or do you want to read one? Um, okay. I'm going to a recording of Vic and Bob's new sitcom. Any insider secrets regarding the plot you can divulge? Well, that's probably for all of us, because I mean, yeah, we, yeah. we all work with them. I, I don't know much about it. I, I at, no. as, as It so happened I bumped into Vic Reeves uh, in the street, and we went for a cup of tea about ten days ago, which was yes. lovely, because I hadn't seen him for a long time. And we talked a little bit, but the truth is, when I see him or Bob, we don't really talk that much about work. No. But they, they were very excited and happy that they're doing this sitcom. Yeah. And they want to call it Fuck This House. <laughs> um, and it's got, I think... Is it Morgana's in it. Morgana, Morgana Robinson. Dan Skinner. Dan Skinner, who you know as Angelos. Yeah. Uh, um, is it um, Simonson? Daniel Simonson? Yeah. Is that Who's he? Is, it, is he Norwegian? Yes. Yeah, he's, or that, Scandinavian. Scandinavian. Oh, I'm not interested in what they do, because we're not in it. Oh. <laughs> well, I was... Yeah, I might be. But we'll see. Yeah. What do you mean you're in it? Why am I... <laughs> I haven't done anything for them for years. I was the... <laughs> The thing is, when I am you in... don't mean that. I don't mean it, of course I don't mean it. <laughs> I when I am I, in there, I, things, I, I just turn up and they put a false nose on me and I stand in the corner. Oh, my favourite thing, though, they're the, only people, they're the only <laughs> people in the world, right, no matter how successful or famous I ever became, right, mm. you'd go back and you'd, and, like, you'd happily go in and go, do you mind just doing this thing? We go, oh, you know, you, uh, and you don't mind it with them because it's just nice to see them because so, you don't see them all the time. Exactly, it's a treat to be in the company. You know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, and, it is great, but the, they do get you to do things that I hadn't seen... I'm a massive fan of Paddy Considine, and I'm old friends with Martin Freeman, who I hadn't seen for about a year. The first time I met Paddy Considine and saw Martin Freeman for a year, I was dressed in a nappy, hiding <laughs> under Vic and Bob's desk. 
with them going, oh, I spent really? five weeks Because I don't know if they think, it's a, I feel it's a great honour to get a nappy on and no, I be know. able to look in Bob's desk. But they, I always think they might look at you like, oh, really? Oh, God. poor I, I remember, well, I, yeah. I, mean, I mean, I was also dressed as a baby. Well, yeah, you did every week. celebrities <laughs> and, you know... Meeting, I mean, it's a good job I'm, I'm gay because meeting Melinda Messenger <laughs> and Jessica from Liberty X and all these very, very beautiful women dressed as a fucking baby. Do you remember that time? I remember one time, right? I'm with you. I, I sympathise with you. Do you remember yeah, there yeah. was one time where basically what they forgot was they would do this thing with you. Do you remember the time where Robbie Coltrane was on, right? And they got me to come on as a GI. They covered me in stink bombs, yeah. okay? So the idea, basically, on of, of course, on tele on television, you won't be able to. S- they believed in the genuine reaction of the person going, "Fucking, hell, they stink, right?" <laughs> so basically, I had to go on and come on behind uh, Robbie Coltrane. They poured me. They got. I said, Christine Kant, right? Makeup, makeup. Got about ten bottles of stink. You know, like proper fart. What's it called? Fart cream. What's it oh. called? Fart cream. No, fart that's, lotion. That's what it's called. What's it called? Like <laughs> I don't know. Stink bombs. bombs. Yeah. Stink she bombs. cracked loads of them. Poured them all over. <laughs> a little sort of glass vial. Glass vial. Yeah. There yeah. isn't it. I poured them. Well, I came on. They're horrible. And I left, came on behind uh, Robbie Coltrane. He was a guest that week. And at that time, <laughs> was massive. You know, because he was cracker, cracker was the biggest yeah. thing on telly. And I couldn't believe I was with him. You know, I came on. I had to come up behind him and go, "Hey, guy, what you doing?" And he's supposed to go, "Fuck." God, that smell. But by that time, it was, it was slightly delayed and the smell had gone. And it was just a baffling sequence. <laughs> <laughs> so I, he, went, he went, hey, guy, how you doing? He went, oh, fine, thanks. And I went, yeah. And I, there was nothing to do. It was like, oh, my God, that smell. It was like, and I was like, okay, bye. And I just walked away again. And afterwards, and afterwards I remember standing outside, Denise Van Outen was on it. She was having a fact. She went, What's that all about? <laughs> <laughs> I said, I don't fucking know. And washing my hair with that, you know, because it was, oh, God. Did it end up in the show? No, it was cut out. Yeah. And I remember thinking, being, I was just the whole GI thing. I remember being a bit nervous, <laughs> sweating under my armpits a bit. And, yeah, and I came up behind it. No, I, get, I had to give him, like, a massage. Robbie's shoulders going, you must be really tense. <laughs> hey. And him going... Do you remember he had a man who, in the... In the um, Recording breaks would arrive with a giant cigar and put it in his mouth and light That's it. Right. And just linger. And then when the recording break had ended, he'd just take the cigar out of his mouth and leave. Wow. He's so smoking in studio. You, you could still smoke in the studio, yeah. 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 I also remember Paul Shane from Heidi High. Um, uh, and we were about to go on. He was on Shooting Stars, and he put mm. out a cigarette with his, between his... Uh, Did he? Thumb and, and finger, yeah. Oh. And I thought, God, that, man, there's, that man's rock hard. Yeah. You know? He must have learned that at Macklin's. The first one I came to see, <laughs> the first one I came to see had um, Cannon and Ball on. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember them recording a bit at Bobby Ball's request where he did a? Oh yes, he did his singer. own club singer style. Yeah, it was never used. It was really strange. But he sort of made them bring on a mic stand and he did this whole routine to the camera. Gosh, <laughs> I... everything stopped. Everyone on the panels, you. Jim and Bob were all just watching, sort of like watching him do his act. It was really hard. Do you remember Lynn Perry? I do remember Lynn Perry, yeah. But she's gone now, so we should be we should be nice. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she's um, was quite fun. No, she was fun. She was, yeah. I, I mean, she was in freefall really after she left. I uh, probably while oh, she was at coronation. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't watch it, so I don't know. I didn't. Know yeah, she was yeah. Good. She's no longer uh, alive. But um, do you know my mark? She was on, but she was, she was, she was, yeah. She was pretty, pretty out of it. A few people used to come on the show. And be quite out of it. But the guests that people used to talk to me most about, apart from Lynn Perry, people used to talk about Chris Rea. About Chris Rea being on the show 
And he played it very deadpan. It was very funny. Yeah. And uh, you don't remember Chris Rea being on the show? I do. I do it's, yeah. To me, it's a big old... It's a blur, is it? I used to get them all and just take them to their rooms. Go, all right. And they go, yeah. And they go, can I get this? Can I get that? I didn't really... I don't remember him being on it. I do. He was... Yeah. It was very nice. Because mm. he was friends with Bob, because he collected paper doilies, didn't he, or something? That I right? knew that they... they ha- Later on, they recorded a song for Middlesbrough Football Club together, didn't they? Oh, they did a version of... Didn't they do a version of um, the Status Quo song? Let's Dance or oh, Let's Dance. Oh. Or some... Some song. I remember Robbie Williams came on, and he was massively famous... And he had bright blonde hair. It was just like, left take that. Just he was very bloated. It was amazing yeah. to have him on, wasn't it? He, and he did, the, he did the actual show, then we did a special. It was only on video called Live and Nude. Yeah, it was terrible. That was bad. I didn't <laughs> want to be on that. And I was told that... I, I, I didn't think it was right that we should sell a video-only version to the fans. I just thought... I mean, it's rather grand yeah. of me to say that, because although I don't think it's right, it's not my show. No. So what, mm. what, what, you know... But I didn't want to do it. And I just said to my agent, look, I think it's a rip-off, and I'd, uh, do you mind if I'd, I'd rather not do oh, it? So you're not in it? I am in it because I was told by the BBC that if you don't sign to be in the video, you're not being in the series. That's right. nice. But also, they're not Jim Davidson. Why do you need to do a sort of rude... It was just a thing at the time. No, it was very popular, wasn't it? They all did it. It was a thing at the time, but it was tough, and it was... It was, I don't know if it was, whoever it was, it, you know, it was a, so it was a video. Mm. So the audience was full of the guests of the video company who were sort of uh, uh, business people who were baffled by what yeah, they were yeah. seeing because it was quite out there. I remember we did a fight. I remember it was my f- that's my first ever TV performance. I am dressed up and that, that fucking cunt, I'll say his name, Mark Lamar was doing Firestarter, right? And I was in a fucking uh, rabbit outfit, okay? And I didn't see it. The idea was I come bouncing onto Firestarter in a rabbit outfit. Yeah. Dancing, dancing, dancing. And what I didn't know was they weren't even filming. Because mm. I couldn't see outside the thing. And they go, and he would go, Reese, keep going, keep going. And I was going like mad like that, getting really out of breath for like five minutes. And when I stopped, there was no one there. They weren't even filming. And he was even going, eh, it's really funny, isn't it? And I thought, like, oh, yeah. Are we, are we all... Did we all have our first TV performance with Vic and Bob yes. in some way? No, not well. My first, you mean professional TV performance? Yeah, yeah. I was, I was, I know, as he was a kid, going live. Odd uh, Saturday Superstore. Super yeah, Saturday Superstore and yeah, Minder yeah. as an extra. And also, no, you're a Minder as an extra. Yeah. Really? What, a, what, okay, so here's the story, which is that my friend. <laughs> can, is who, it, it must be I don't know this. See your face light up. Uh, <laughs> that um, my friend Nick Magnus and I were huge fans of uh, Minder. And Nick's uh, grandfather um, was uh, a bookmaker, and he had a, a stall at uh, Hackneywick Dog Track. And Nick came in and said, "Oh, my grandfather said." And Nick used to work for his grandfather as well. And uh, Nick came into college and said, um, "We're at Sixth Form College together." And he said, "Oh, my um, grandfather says they're filming Minder there next Wednesday or whenever it was." <laughs> so I said, well, "We must go up there." So me and uh, Nick took, you know, we went to college in the morning. We took the afternoon off college. So how old are you at this point, by the way? I was 16 or 17, and we took the afternoon off college. We skived off, and we went up to... And Nick had just learned to drive. He was a few months older than me, and I couldn't drive. And Nick drove him and me up to, to Hackneywick Dog Track, and we parked the car, and we kind of wandered surreptitiously onto the set where, where they were really having genuine dog races, but they were also filming... Uh, an episode of Minder, and this was after Dennis Waterman had left. It was Gary the, Webster. It was the second oh. Gary Webster series. Okay, so um, Alex Lowe was in this as a policeman. He was, yeah. yeah. Who was Alex Lowe? I oh, was in as a copper. He's a though? copper in the series. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, Nick and I sort of wove our way into the extras. 
or background art. Uh, what do you call them now? Background artists. Yeah, supporting artists. Supporting artists. So, um, and we kind of uh, wended our way into that, and so we were extras in that show. We and didn't we get just... paid, but you can see us in the actual show. And Nick got me a lovely screen grab. But we are in, we are in. Uh, so I was in an episode of Minder. Yeah. So that would have been what twelve million viewers on RTV. Yeah. Nineteen ninety-two. Yeah. Just like that. <laughs> yeah. We're walking in the background while um, Arthur and um, Ray are having a chat. And then, so, what was? can you tell me what it was like meeting Sarah Green and Mike Reed, or is that not, is that interesting, or is it... Uh, I was on, well, I was, uh, as a kid, I was on TV a few times. I was on, uh, I went to see Jim or Fix It being recorded mm-hmm. uh, when I was eight, for my eighth birthday, because uh, we had a family friend, Martin Kisner, who was a big guy in lighting at the BBC. So uh, I went, and we sat in the back row, and Jimmy Savile walked all the way up the aisle, and back row and sort of put his hands on everyone's shoulders and then walked down again. And then when I was 12, um, I, I went, or 11 or 12, I actually was on Jim Will Fix It. I sat on the beanbag at the beginning of Jim Will Fix It and I went into Jimmy Savile's dressing room and got his autograph. But nothing, no, there's no. no other story to that. Um, and then when I was 12, I was on uh, Saturday Superstore. And they have found that clip and shown yeah, it on... Yes, um, I saw it recently. Something like yeah. before they were famous or one of those shows. Yeah, yeah. And uh, there was this guy called Owen Paul. Yeah. And he was You're being my favourite waste of time. Exactly. And uh, his, his second single, Pleased to Meet You, was being released. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and so I asked him a, a question. And I bumped into Owen Paul uh, 15 years later. And he had, you know, been made aware of the association that the guy from Shooting Stars was the little kid that asked him the question. And we swapped numbers, and he actually sent me a videotape that his mum had made. Oh, really? Him. Yeah. Quality. Uh, yeah. Was his third song called How Do You Do? Or Gosh. What I was his third song called? <laughs> Pleased to meet Pleased you. To How meet do you, you do? See you later. Pleased to meet you. Uh, do have a seat. <laughs> I'm off now. <laughs> Would you like a cup of tea? Would you like a cup of tea or coffee or... Um, Anything, I don't mind. Lemon, lemon tea? Oh, no, 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 no. How many requests do you get for lemon tea? Um, soft drinks. I don't have any... I think I've got some Coke. I don't have any... I've got Diet Coke. Oh, it's gone a bit flat. <laughs> I think it was called. But um, <laughs> that was great. And I met uh, Mike Reed. Um, and um, I got him to say... Uh, a big hello to class 217, which is oh. my class, but he read it as class 217. Oh. So, of course, that no one understood. No. And I got Paul Young's autograph, which I'd already had, because I'd oh. met him years ago. <laughs> um, and uh, uh, bless him, I was a Paul Young fan, but I have to say, he sung um, uh, Radio Gaga in the wrong key for Yes, him. he did. At the, at the Couldn't even hear him. I know all roads lead to, lead to Queen, <laughs> but it would be remiss if two of us... Oh, the one no, no, no. Yeah, it's, you look, it's the one thing you look back on. You look back on that. There's a lot of que- there are, there are a lot of Queen <laughs> questions. The one thing I would say, I was, I was there, I was there, and I heard that. I remember my brother going... Uh, my brother was, was at the tribute, and he loved Queen more than I did, because he, he'd grown up with them, right? Mm. And even he said... And he liked Paul Young. Mm. I remember he had every time he go away, and I used to love that song. Yeah, everything must change. And and he went fucking hell. What's this? What's this? <laughs> well, because you he couldn't hear it. Because you couldn't we hear it. Because you couldn't hear it. But there, but the, you just heard the where I was standing. You just heard the audience. You you know couldn't even hear anything. Mm. Where were you standing? Where were you there at the tribute? Fairly relatively near the front. How do you get tickets? Did you get them really quickly. Just send them. Just sent off in the post. Or no, I think I phoned up the number. It was the thing I was really annoyed about was that um, I recorded the Brits that year, 
and I watched it maybe an hour later on video, mm. and that very peculiar man with the three... Yeah, with funny hat With the funny green hat, yeah, the Robin Hood hat. Yeah, yeah, him. <laughs> the American man yeah, came he on... he runs the BFI or something, he was at BPI. Morris, Morris him, yeah, him. Is he still around? I don't think so, because I think he had throat cancer or something at the time, and right. he was quite ill, yeah. And he came on, and, and, and I think, did Brian and Roger come on and announce the concert? Yeah, it's quite an emotional speech. Yeah, yeah and, and didn't tickets go on sale straight away? I think when I say the next morning they were sold out within was it like the next? an hour. Right, okay. And so I think whatever it was, I took the time off school or college mm. and and uh, made sure I got the tickets. Because well, I remember, I remember, and I went with a friend who had period pains, so she had to leave me there. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I so I watched most of the concert on my own. That's Wait, right. Was, is she? Your, is she? You still see her? Uh, we we were in very 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 sporadic contact, but I mean she was a, <laughs> she's a lovely girl, but but uh, we had this thing when I went to the concert with my brother. It was at like the end of the We Are The Champions is on. He went, right, come on, let's miss the track. Let's, we've got to get out before oh, the... Oh, uh, I hate that. Get, well, no, 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 no. Go to football go, matches go, and people do let's that. Let's leave now before we get into, in, in the rush, you know. So, yeah, we, I remember rushing off before the end of the show. What I always remember that day being at that concert was standing with complete strangers, and I was 12. My brother was like... He, was, he, he would have been 22. And another bloke on the other side, he must have been about 60... And we all held these banners and we were waving it together at the end and all of us had tears in our eyes because, you know, it was a, quite an emotional thing. Mm. And you know, I, I've never known that kind of experience at any concert I've been to since or at the time. You know, I can imagine, say, something like the George Harrison concert or, mm. you know, quite being quite moved, but that was a, a very special day. I remember being with my stepsister, Barbara, who's older than me, in 1986 and she had a ticket for Nebworth. And um, her her friends who were going to go let her down, and she couldn't get a lift there, so she didn't go. Oh, and we right. stayed in, and we heard it live on the radio. And um, of course, who would know at that, that time it. that that was the last mm, ever Queen concert? You've never been that bothered, have you? We've, I've tried. No, I, you know what? You have oddly your enthusiasm makes me less bothered sometimes. Than <laughs> I originally was in the first place. No, I like Queen as much as the next man. I think everyone really likes Queen, don't they? Not many people that say I, have I think. I think the thing is, hopefully, there's something. It's not that everyone likes Queen, but there's something for everyone. Yeah, and that's, so and that's even if you don't like them, you there must be one thing that you don't mind. The only yeah, thing, yeah. my sort of the thing I wish, uh, I, the thing I wish Queen had, which they don't really have, is just a bit more of a. I wouldn't say a bit more of a conscience, but I wish lyrically there there was something a little bit more interesting mm. about them. I think they are. They are. You know, at the beginning, it's very prog rock, so it's elves mm. and fairies and all that nonsense. And that's fine, but I never thought that they matured lyrically. Yeah. Um, Not till the end, I don't think. Okay, you can look at like those were the days of our lives, which is fine, but when you look at what other bands do lyrically, it, it makes some slightly more profound observations about what it is to be a human. Yeah, yeah. And I think, for, well, I, and in I, fairness, Queen never had any pretense, pretensions to being, you know, particularly. Mm poetic but I always just thought that the lyrics really were there to service the music mm. and, and everything is about there's no depth to the lyrics and everything is about just bombast yeah, but you don't see, uh, hang on I'll take you to two things well, I think they saved that for their solo albums like we've got to stop these Nazis they're saying now it never happened yeah. Nazis but, no, but, 94 <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hang on the thing is what I'm saying so you look at something like I, I, I'd, I'd agree with you until I think things like Come on, Death on Two Legs and, and those kind of songs have got a lot of meaning to them. Yeah, but it's got, like, mean, it's got, got meaning, meaning to them because there was, you know, somebody that were very angry was with it that they But that appeals to their manager. It's about yeah. their, their but manager. But what about Save Me is a brilliant song about leaving someone. I mean, that is, a, that is an unbelievable... Yes, and that then one the show is, must go on. Is it okay? But you never really learn. Stuff. They never really put themselves on the line lyrically, and you know, you don't really learn anything about mm. them. 
You, you don't. Not the way you do. Not to. I don't. I, I agree with you until until you get to the very last album. And I think someone like Too Much Love Will Kill You, for example, which is Brian May's song. It tells you exactly what he was going through at the time of getting split. It's like one of the best sort of split up. I've, mm. I remember I'm, you, you hear that song when you split up with somebody. You go, God. They're torn between the love and the love you leave behind, heading for disaster. See, the, the weird thing about the that signs, is... That is like a real... I, to me, you go... That's why you're lyrically one of the best songs they've written. I know it sounds... It is, but I don't think lyrically their music stands up that much creatively with, with other bands. Also, you know. too much love will kill you. I think people that don't know Queen like you do don't know who wrote which song. No, exactly, it's true. I, but I always assumed that that was a Freddie Mercury song about dying yeah, of AIDS. Yeah, yeah or exactly, that's no, true. Always, same always. Same with, same, same with, same same with absolutely right. And Those the same the days of our lives. People mm. thought was Freddie's Goodbye, but it was actually exactly. written by Roger Taylor. And, yeah. and Who Wants to Live Forever, they go, oh, that's a song about him dying. No, it's from the film Highlander. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's true, you know. <laughs> Profound by accident, you know. But um, I went for this audition the other day, funny enough, right? I mean, oh, my God. It's called it's called it's called Sleepy Hollow. It's a, it's a, it's a new version of Sleepy Hollow, and it's set in America, contemporary America. A, a, t- um, um, a film. It's a film. Mm. So, so it's, well, it's a, a remake of the film. Well, of no, Timber. it's based on the original book, which is written by. Who's it written by? Is it Edgar Allan Poe? Is it H.G. Wells? Poe. It might it's be Edgar. It's an American. No, it's yeah. an American writer from 1920. It might be Edgar, 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 Edgar Allan Poe. Poe or Lovecraft, I think. Anyway. The Poe on <laughs> it was one of those two. The thing is, you were rubbing your chin while you said that. It's a shame nobody could see that. It was, was Poe on Lovecraft. I it was think. definitely not. It, it was definitely an American man from that period. Anyway, so the idea of the headless horseman comes to that village of Sleepy Hollow, and what happens is that the character Inkabod Crane, who play, who's like you know, in the film, was Johnny Depp. It's kind of based on the TV version. He's killed. He wakes up in two thousand and twelve. Now two thousand thirteen. And um, in modern America, and there's someone trying to kill him with a, with a headless horseman trying to cut people's heads off. So basically, it's Highlander. Yes. Mm. So anyway, they they asked me, mm. me, Reese Thomas. I had an audition. This this company, this really good uh, casting company, said to me, "Would you mind? You know, would you audition for it?" And you have to be for off Ichabod. page for Ichabod Crane. I can and see you doing. Hang that. on, no, you read. I read it. It went American, <laughs> um, American. Okay, um, six foot two. That uh, used to be a professor, fought in the Civil War. It's a no-brainer. No. I go, come on. <laughs> I'm surprised you had to audition. Uh, and I thought, this is really, isn't it me? I mean, I know you, we've, they've asked for someone a bit like you, so maybe we should do it. Anyway, so I thought, oh, anyway, luckily I got gastric flu. So I, I couldn't go to the audition because I had to learn 17 pages of going like, where am I? What year is this? In an American accent. But no, I saw a headless horseman. He cut someone. Uh, and I thought, this is ridiculous. It, just reminded, it was just Highlander. You know, and I think, it sounds dreadful as well. Yeah, <laughs> doesn't it? I mean, basically, no. I mean, it would probably do I quite think, well. I think most high concept ideas sound ridiculous. Yeah, it's I all suppose. to do with how they're but done. But the point is, me, yeah. me playing that character mm. doesn't work. So I, I remember, did I tell you I went for the part of? I went to. I had an audition for Mad Max Four. Did it's you? The most embarrassing thing. Did and Tom, Mad, Mad, I saw him. Oh, Tom, your Max. mate Tom Hardy. I saw him the other day. I thought, yeah. You can understand why he's doing it, right? <laughs> so they go to me. So you got an audition for Mad Max Four, and I thought, oh, this is going to be hilarious. What am I supposed to do? I thought maybe I could do it. Well, I drive that tanker. Yeah, I could be a young Mel Gibson. He was. Yeah, I do that. Mm. So what's the script? There's no script. You have to go in and prepare a scene from either this, 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 or this. One of the things they gave me was a parrot sketch by Monty Python. They said, will you come in? And do the Monty do that sketch uh, as an American and make it sinister. Is what they said. Right. So I had to go in and go. So she'd read English. See that is, if I was asked to audition for Mad Max Four, <laughs> but asked to do to read the parrot sketch and make it sinister, I think I would just. I think I would 
like not want to be an actor. <laughs> I mean, what the fuck is that? I know. Yeah, I How know. pretentious you're not, is that? You're not the only one that was asked that. I know a few people. That you were, were asked to do that. No, I wasn't. But no, I, was I know a few people that had the same. But you know what I don't? Do you know what I don't like about that is right because that's not. I, I'm assuming. I'm not being facetious. I'm assuming that speech doesn't appear in the film. Of course it doesn't. Right. Okay. <laughs> so so that is that is that is a director or a producer just being an asshole. And using whatever power they have, because mm. no actor should have to feel so ridiculous as to have to do that. Mm. You know what I mean? Why should you know that saying that speech has got is, is, it's got nothing to do with the film? So why do you have to humiliate yourself to yeah, do that? Yeah. It was that there was having that on. Do, do you know what I mean? It's, no, no, it's no, exactly. a real abuse of power. No, no. What it was, it was a test because there was, it was having that speech or network. See when he breaks down live and air and goes. But that's fine. point, I think it was like an, I, the, I chose. What's that to do with Mad Max? Well, yeah. I chose Parrot Sketch because I thought that's a bit different, and also the idea maybe it's supposed to be slightly absurd, and it, it was it showing you a good actor by doing making that mm. like. So I, I walked in and went, "I've got a dead parrot." You know, it's like a bit, I, mean, it's, I remember doing it thinking this is awful. And a woman casting director was looking at me like this, and she went, "She was like, she really could." And I remember licking an ice. I remember. I did something, I threw the... I, she said, Use, pretend the water is the uh, parrot. So I had some water, that's it. And she said, this is a dead parrot. Uh-huh. I threw it on the floor like that. Pish! And then stared at her like this. She went, OK. Now, can you tell a scary story? I went, what? <laughs> <laughs> any, any story that's like a scary story that's bothered you, oh, like anything, anything you want. I went, all right, OK, a scary story. Oh, well, I remember once when I got... An, I had... Uh, I had an operation on my testicles, and uh, it was the Royal Tournament. I had to have my stitches taken out. I thought, this isn't going anywhere. At the Royal Tournament? I told about, I, you know, I was going to go to the Royal Tournament, oh. because I, I had to have my testicles operated, and I had, my, and, had a cyst on my balls. I thought, because <laughs> I, I kind of thought to myself, I'm going to get you for this. I tell you, no, it was an embarrassing story she asked for, an embarrassing story. So I told her about my balls. At the time I had to go to a fucking Mad Max 4 audition and <laughs> do, the, and parrot do sketch. the parrot sketch as if it was serious. That's now, pretty Now, what, what I want to see, I want to see Tom Hardy in a film going like, driving along going, this is a dead parrot. No, <laughs> I don't I like see it that. because there's no way Tom Hardy would have been made no. to do that. No. So why are they treating other actors like that? That's yeah. bullshit. That I think it's weird. Sense. I think that film's yeah. been quite weird, though. I think it's gone through a few phases. I Who's think directing was, it? I don't know. George well, I think the, the film it. they're making now isn't... The one that you were cast for. Cool. I think it's Every changed time. a few times along the, along the Also, way. leave it alone. Like, it's endless. Bring it back old Leave shit. it alone. Mad Max is perfect. <laughs> it's it's it a big work of art. Anyway, it, fu- it wasn't even... Do you know what? It I've never really, seen it. You know, people, they do. People go fucking mad over it. It's yeah. so overrated. Anyway, uh, if the character's supposed to be mad, just keep Mel Gibson. He's fucking mad. <laughs> well, the second one is... Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I mean I don't, how do you feel about Mad? What do you think of Mel Gibson as an actor? As an actor, I think he's very good. Would you... As a man, I think he's a bit fascistic. Yeah. How do you... Do you think... Here's a question I want to ask you all, right? I feel sorry for him, because I think he's kind of ill, isn't he? He's yeah. ill, obviously, he's an alcoholic. Yeah. But how do you... If someone's a great actor, but they, have, they, make, they say things like that... Well, I'm, I'm, I want to know, yeah. do you still forgive, as a performer, do you go, well, that's the personality... Well, it's a big question. I mean, do you buy Michael Jackson's records when there's a shadow over him? Yeah. Look at Picasso... Yeah, you know, I mean, there's a, there's a million artists through so, history mm. who have who have kind of very dark shadows mm. o- over their lives and their behaviour, and you know what what what? Well, I mean, it's a bit, it's a big question, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. I don't see why. That's what I'm saying. Like, I think like it's almost like you rewrite history. You say like, oh, because you know he's a. Um, I I always really used to like him as an actor. I thought he was a brilliant 
quite very, quite a good comic. He was very charismatic. Very charismatic, yeah. and it's a shame that that's that's all happened to him mm. because well, it's not a shame. No, it is a, a shame. It's, it's a shame well, that you're actually. No, it's a shame that you're let down by someone I actually quite liked. Mm. Any more questions? Yeah, what else have we got? I was uh, going to tell you about my worst audition. Oh, come on. Yeah, do. Well, I've, got, I've, had, I've, got, I've had a couple of real fucking horrible auditions. Um, uh, no, I had one quite recently that I won't talk about, but I had... I had um, you can talk about it if you don't no, want to No, no, I think no, don't I shouldn't. <laughs> I've had two really grim auditions. One in particular was really horrible. I, I auditioned for this film that was called Dead Babies, which was... Um, an adaptation of a Martin Amis novel. Mm. And they made the film. They made it with um, uh, Paul Bettany. That's right. Charlie yeah, yeah. Condu, Katie Carmichael. And um, uh, and I don't think it's anyone's best work, in fairness. Mm. You know, let, let's be diplomatic about it. But uh, I had two or three auditions for it. And um, they tell you, uh, oh, you're down to the last two. It's the thing agents often tell actors, you're down to the last two. <laughs> and actually, the actor in question got, uh, for the role that I went for, got fired. Right. And um, uh, so I thought, all oh, right, they're going to call me. But they didn't. They cast uh, Andy Nyman instead. Yeah. And I thought Andy Nyman was, was actually very good in the role. I think he's a brilliant actor. Do you know Andy yeah, Nyman? I like he's brilliant. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I think he's a real class actor. He's a, a, not a very he's nice He's better than you. Well. I'm going to see why I gave it to him over you. <laughs> no, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, seriously. I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. I haven't seen it. I'm, I'm really joking. No, no, but Andy Nyman's a great actor. But <laughs> I went to this audition... And this is a, a film about a very hedonistic, decadent, um, slightly whacked-out, druggy group of young people kind of high on themselves. Um, and uh, uh, I had to audition for a role as part of this group. And, and the character that I was auditioning for was the kind of bottom of the heap of that group, right. status-wise, OK? Um, I think he's called Keith, and, and he's like a kind of acne-ridden dwarf... And uh, at one point he gets tied to a tree and blasted with a hose. And it's mm. really kind of a grim role, right? Mm. And um, I did a couple of auditions on my own. And then we had to do an audition as part of a group where we improvised. Right. And so and there was one actor who sort of really mistreated me during the audition, physically oh. uh, and, and mm. verbally. And, I mean, you kind of, kind of go, well, OK, we're just auditioning, so we're improvising and... But it was really horrible, and he was really physically kind of manhandling me and pushing me around the room mm. and whacking my head oh, and kind of and talking about how fat I was and you know because he really wanted the part. Yeah, yeah. And so that was that was kind of a really horrible experience. But I think there was one slightly worse experience, which was that, that I went for an audition for Lord of the Rings, and in the breakdown, uh, I went for Samwise Gamgee, which Sean Astin got. Yes. And in the oh. breakdown, they said they wanted a Mel Smith lookalike. It actually said. <laughs> <laughs> So I thought, I thought, well, if Tony, if Tony Way's not going up, I didn't so go for any of them. I went. You're probably too young. Yeah, this maybe. Was quite a while ago. So, and it was this big casting agent, uh, uh, Hubbard. Yeah. So I yeah, yeah, right. okay. yeah, yeah. So I went up for the role, and um, <clears throat> I only got the audition the day before. So I had loads and loads and loads of lines to learn, and um, uh, it's hard to learn lines. It's easier to learn a performance. So. You know, when you rehearse something and you have the lines in your hand, you sort of do it half a dozen times, and the lines go in, even though you've got a lot mm. of them, because you understand why you're saying the lines. Mm. And you, you kind of understand the logic. Mm. So it's much easier to learn lines than it is to just get a piece of paper and learn some lines. Absolutely, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, it's yeah, really, absolutely. really difficult. And, and, and when you're filming, 
as opposed to doing theatre, when you're filming, you often just have to arrive knowing all the lines, and you haven't even yeah. had a chance to find out what the character's about, right. or what the other performances are going to yeah, be like, yeah. what the premise is. And sometimes you get five minutes to find all of that out before you're shooting. Yeah, and, and now, like recently, I was just asked to, to, to uh, meet about one of these huge Hollywood, you know, big budget films, mm. just to do a couple of days on it, but they won't even give you the whole script. No. They just give you the pages with your characters, so you're like, I don't even know anything yeah, but yeah. but anyway i got all these pages and so i had reams and reams and reams of, of tolkien-esque language to or tolkien language to learn and just the horrible thing was that i dried okay so you know when you lose you forget so your you, lines. You, you <laughs> learned it, yeah, so you learned it off heart i learned it all off by heart during the audition i dried so that's when you forget your lines right mm. but i dried on the last word oh so it was this speech where he comes across, is it Frodo? Mm. And I'm doing it slightly West Country yeah. uh, in the audition. And I gave, like, genuinely an audition that I was feeling quite proud of. <laughs> and the last line was something like, oh, no, 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 what's going to happen? Because he finds his friend unconscious and he says, in a cave or something. And he says, what am I going to do now? And I just said something like, oh, no, no, no. And I'd done this long speech. But what am I going to do <laughs> and then I just sit there thinking, oh, shit, what's the last word? What is the last word? What is the last word? <laughs> oh, it's now, isn't it? Okay. Now. <laughs> <laughs> so it just sounds like, as an actor, I've decided to really, really milk the end of the speech. <laughs> yeah. The truth is, I just forgot my line. But, oh, what am I going to do? No. <laughs> so I just remember, like, thinking, this is going really well, this audition. I'm really proud of this. And then just getting to the last word and going, no, fuck it. Mm. I'm terrible at auditions. Oh, I, listen, I had an audition for The Hobbit, right? Because Marty Freeman at one point wasn't going to be doing it because of Sherlock. There was a point. So there was yeah. a point where they're looking for new people. Oh, right. And then, so they said, I had a phone call saying, you know, the Hobbits want to see you for The Hobbit, right? So I go, fuck me, yes. Come on, can you believe it? I, yeah, I'm sort of short. I could be a Hobbit. And then my mum was babysitting for my daughters, and uh, the script came through this. You could do it on a Saturday at, at their place. Mm. You have to learn the whole thing by tomorrow. So I'm sitting with my mum going, Right, come on, Reese, let's do it. And I go, No, listen, I can do it on my intro. No, no, Reese, we're going to do it together, right? So, what, what's your name? I go, I'm, I'm the Hobbit. I'm, I'm uh, Bilbo Baggins. Right, bit of funny name, isn't it? I said, Yeah, it's, well, it doesn't matter. <laughs> When's it all set then? Is it in bar, past times? She's never seen it. No, it's, it's, yeah, it's like a historical. Don't worry about it. She goes, so she's playing Gandalf, reading like a speech. I'm going, tell me about the mission I'm going to go on. I'm going like, I'm going, but can I do this? It's such a far away. Where she's going, no, reading out the stage directions. Gandalf sits down on the bar. No, ignore that bit. OK, right, so he goes, he says, um, oh, no. Oh, it's a long way to go. Or, no, that's my line, Mum. You've got to read... Anyway, I had the whole night with her doing this fucking thing. I went in the next day. You must be so confused. She was confusing me completely, and I was trying to learn it with my mum, and oh, God bless, and she does try hard. And I did the thing with Enkibod Crane the other week, you know, again with the Hubbards. I mean, they must go, fuck this bloke. It's my mum that does it. She ruins it for me. So what happens? So she did that to you. She and really, went in for I went into the audition, and, like, you know, I don't... I will never know, because Marty Freeman then did it, so mm. they were they were looking for backup just in case he didn't do it. a few people we know, I think. Tom Meaton went Tom Meaton went up for it. I went up for it. But, you know, I go to those things and genuinely go, like, I'm never going to get this. You know you're not going to get it. Because they're going to get some really famous... I went for an audition for the Adams Family. They're redoing, not the Adams Family, the uh, the Munsters. 
Mm. It's called 64 Mockingbird Lane. No, they cut, they can that. Oh, have they? Yeah, I think they one. have, haven't they? Yeah, I think that's right. Right, so you know, but you know... I, I think know, Dark Shadows not... didn't do as well as... No. Right. Eddie, I think Eddie Izzard was in it, wasn't he? He was yeah. in it, that's right, yeah. yeah. And Jerry O'Connell. Mm. Yeah. Who's in Stand By Me? Who's in Stand yeah. By Me, one of my favourite films. Do we have any more questions? Yeah, we definitely Is do. Is the end of the... Have we run over We're time? very close to... No, 103 minutes. We've actually gone a bit over. So have we? We've yeah. gone well, over Why don't we do another podcast... And the questions. Let's do the. Let's do the. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Should we end this one now? We should stop now, shouldn't we? Because that's an hour long. Yeah. Yeah, For definite. Tune into the next podcast to hear some questions. Good night. Thank you, Matt Lucas. Thank you. Good night.